Hello, welcome to Insurance Insights, a podcast from Capgemini Financial Services that looks at the latest trends in insurance through the lens of some of its leading experts. I'm Mary Ellen Harn, and we're back with our colleagues from Microfocus to talk more about key findings from the World Quality Report. In this episode, we will talk about the who, what, and why of cloud adoption. And joining me today is Gal Tunick, who is a Senior Director at Microfocus, working specifically on cloud service strategy and partnerships, and A.J. Walgude, who is a Vice President with Capgemini's Financial Services Technology Practice. So welcome, Gal and Ajay. Uh, Gal, can you just tell us a bit about yourself and what you do at Microfocus? Hi there, happy to be here. I'm a Senior Director, Head of Cloud Partnerships for the DevOps business in Microfocus. In my role, I am the business development function across our partnerships for with AWS, Microsoft, and um, Google Cloud Platform. Thank you, Gal. And now turning to uh, Jay, can you also share what you do at Capgemini? Yeah, thank you, Mary Ellen. Happy to be here. Uh, I'm responsible for the digital assurance and quality engineering for Capgemini Financial Services, uh, especially focusing on UK and Europe as a region. I, I also work on building new solutions to future quality engineering work uh, that we do with customers so that we keep them giving what's latest happening in the industry and bring new solutions to them. Thank you, and thanks to both of you for joining me today. With your backgrounds, this should be a very interesting discussion, so let's get right into it. Um, first question I have for you is, um, how has the advent of the cloud changed how your teams operate today in terms of services and software? Uh, Ajay, can we start with sort of talking about services? Sure. I think uh, maybe the adoption of cloud has really not only given the flexibility to, uh, to to add the compute power on demand, but it has also changed the way the applications are architected. While this has not changed uh, much way how the functional testing is carried out today, but I think there is a strong change about how the non-functional and cloud attributed related testing really changed. So, for example, uh, there is a lot of focus on load performance stress testing of uh, applications in the cloud, security, especially development vulnerability assessment and penetration testing, the scalability as aspect of it, the usability aspect of it from a non-functional testing perspective. Uh, when it comes to cloud attribute testing, uh, it, it was all about multi-tenancy. It depends on how the applications are architected. Provisioning testing, live upgrade and hotfix testing, uh, as well as the infrastructure testing in terms of latency, disaster recovery, chaos engineering. So these are the things that have changed how testing is carried out uh, on the applications that are deployed in the cloud. Thank you, Ajay. So, Gal, what about software? Great question. With software, um, first of all, we're seeing a few things around uh, what are the achievements or savings for IT. We see, in general, reduced IT overhead costs by about 30 to 40% based on the microfocus experience. It helps scale IT processes up and down as needed, optimize IT assets user usage. It improves the overall flexibility of IT in meeting business needs, such as more frequent releases of business features. And cloud providers are increasingly offering much more sophisticated solutions than basic computing and storage, such as big data and machine learning services. 
Last, it increases the quality of service through the self-healing nature of standard solutions. For example, automatically allocating, allocating more storage to a database. We have seen customers reduce IT incidents by about 60 to 70% by using cloud computing as an opportunity to rethink their IT operations. Specifically for software testing, and DevOps, which is what we are doing in MicroFocus DevOps, it allows us to leverage elasticity, scalability, fault tolerance, and reliability. And like Ajay mentioned, cloud-based testing allows you to get the maximum performance by utilizing a cost-effective means of testing applications. It also allows our customers to stimulate load tests and scaling to millions of concurrent users in minutes. So really set up in a few minutes and have it all down without the need to use any infrastructure coming from multiple geographical locations. So those are really significant changes, you know, both on the services and software side. But let's now turn to clients. Uh, would you say that clients are fully embracing the cloud? And why don't we start with the financial services sector and Ajay? Yeah, I think it's it's really surprising to see the trend. I mean, when we did the last World Quantitative Report asking about how many percentage of test environments are in the cloud, uh, the, the number really came out is 20% of the customers saying that they have their uh, environments in the cloud as against uh, close to 30, 35% in the uh, in the on-prem environment. So I think it's, it's, it's disappointing, if I may call it, that the cloud adoption has not been that successful. We'll see how the latest World College report turns out that uh, thing. But we, we see that's disappointing. That could be predominantly because of the security concerns uh, as well as the existing infrastructure investment that the customer might have done. Is there anything that that can be done in terms of those concerns that they may have made or they have right now? Uh, there are. I mean, there are a couple of things which are happening. There's a lot of uh, migration projects that are going on across the globe in terms of moving towards cloud, uh, especially on the um, the inf infrastructure and move the, that can be combined with the digital transformation initiatives that has been done. Uh, I think the security threats are being mitigated. Um, we need to still um, you know, apply various regulators and you know make them make them satisfied about these compliances and then uh, the laws like GDPR where people need to make sure that they are adhering to those standards. Uh, with those, I think we'd be expecting that the cloud reduction will go up. But uh, I mean, what 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 I'm seeing across the globe is the the surge in the digital transformation programs would help you help us accelerate towards that journey. Uh, so in the next three four years, you will see the significant change of cloud based environments compared to on prem environments. That's super interesting. It's something definitely to keep track of. Gal, would you say, uh, could you talk about other sectors and what how clients are embracing the cloud there? Yeah, of course. Um, if we're looking at uh, various other sectors and we're looking at customers that are in the spectrum of all of their maturity models, uh, then we see quite a lot of transition to the, to the cloud. We see about six out of 10 of our enterprise customers of MicroFocus uh, that are already adopted the cloud on various maturity levels. Some are just experimenting, really starting, just choosing one, um, um, dealing with EC2 for the first time. Some already moved sections of the business to the cloud. Uh, some of our retail and healthcare customers are leaning towards Azure GCP, while most IT are either looking at AWS or Azure. Many enterprise customers have made aggressive moves uh, to adopt public cloud solutions. Uh, 
credit card company that I'm working with is running the bank's mobile app on AWS. Oil and gas company I have been working with is migrating most of its computing and storage capacity to public cloud. A retail giant that we're currently working with is migrating its legacy systems to reduce cost and operational risk while enabling advanced analytics to streamline operations. Pioneer organizations are also actively seeking ways to leverage the new services on cloud to create more innovative business solutions. Uh, for example, chatbot on public cloud, IT organizations uh, platform leveraging machine learning solutions on cloud to analyze real-time and historical data to improve performance and stimulate, simulate scenarios. So, so Gail, thank you for that overview, but can you go dive a little bit deeper into, so why some organizations are adopting and embracing the cloud, why others aren't? Yeah, sure. Um, cost optimization is the primary reason for one out of two enterprise cloud migration based on our uh, internal research. And then the second reason that IJ mentioned a few times is privacy and security. They're the two main roadblocks for cloud adoption. And Ajay, um, basically what you mentioned earlier about the, the, the privacy and security, is there any other reason that uh, FS organizations would uh, adopt and embrace the cloud while others aren't? Uh, I think that that is the primary concern. The, the other thing is there is a significant amount of investment that has been done on the existing on-prem environments like mainframes and some of the legacy environments that they have. Uh, I think there needs to be a strong business case um, and which cloud should really provide them to move towards cloud infrastructure. That's what is really interesting for us to understand where cloud gives the cost benefit, but still people are not moving towards it. Is it just because of security or any other reasons and, and that's what we expected to do uh, with various customers in the coming upcoming world quality report uh, events where we want to understand what's stopping them to adopt to cloud is it just the security or something else so you're really in a lot of ways you're talking about a transformation or a change changes that need to be a, occur for teams to fully embrace the cloud gal if you were sort of looking at where you're going to shift you know to embrace the cloud and and make a transformation do you have any thoughts on what industry should do for that yeah i would say um um topics that companies should address um for successful cloud adoption are um First, they need to decide on the CSP. They need to decide who they start with. The idea of um, multi-cloud strategy is very nice, but in our experience, when it's enterprises, they have to, usually they select one. It's difficult for, for, for most companies to build their own cloud technology stack and even harder to maintain it. So partnering, partnering with a cloud service provides providers to build and manage the cloud stack is a more typical approach we're seeing. In most cases, the pragmatic way to start with a single cloud service providers while adopting the necessary guiding principle to avoid being locked into a provider. The second thing is creating an operating model. Uh, the public cloud requires IT to manage infra infrastructure as a code. This requires software engineers who understand the compute, storage, and security protocols of public cloud as opposed to network engineers or system administrators. For most organizations, this translates into a massive upskilling of the infrastructure organization and the operating model in which they work.
The third piece is update legacy applications. So existing applications will need to be refactored, just like Ajay mentioned, uh, at the infrastructure and application layers to align with the security and capacity requirements of public clouds. And then last is cultivating the right skills. So organizations need to uh, hire and train cloud experts and then introduce them to into the development uh, teams. Upskill the existing work, workforce sometimes and um, also create uh, certain R&D labs uh, that are needed with an emphasis on cloud development and cloud deployment. Ajay, do you have anything more to add? Yeah, I, th I think I would take the take the skills angle slightly in, in, in from a testing lens perspective, right? I mean, uh, I absolutely agree with what Gal said that we need cloud experts, people who understand the implications of moving towards cloud growth from the network dimension, security dimension, the architecture dimension, and people need to test those applications accordingly. So while upskilling is one one advantage that we can take use of existing team because they are functionally aware of the applications, but we need the right combinations of people who are who understand the cloud nuances and the functional dimension and test those applications forward. So that's that's one one part of it. The second is while I'm saying that the functional the, the financial services clients are a little hesitant of moving towards cloud, but then all the digital transmission programs that are going through, I mean, be it the large insurance firms that we work with within the UK or a few of the banking customers that in Europe, they've already moved on to the cloud, uh, the public cloud, and they're adopting it. So it's not that they are not adopting all of that. Uh, it's just that uh, the, the pace of change is slightly lesser compared to what the anticipation is. So skills change, getting the right tools, uh, you know, making sure that we test the right, uh, the aspect of cloud as part of testing, as I mentioned earlier, it's not about functionality alone. It's all about usability. It's all about scalability of the cloud, how this is going to behave uh, in case of multi-tenancy and the session dropouts, the live upgrades. I think that's what is really, really important uh, for, for people to understand when they move towards cloud and adopt cloud as the, as the test environment strategy for them. Thank you. Um, and this wraps up today's podcast. Thank you, Gal and Ajay. To our listeners, if you found this podcast interesting, please subscribe to Capgemini's Insurance Insights podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or other podcast apps. For more Capgemini podcasts, please also subscribe to our Banking, Payments, and Wealth Spotlight podcast. We'll be back with another podcast on testing, which will continue our conversation about cloud and turn to what organizations need to do to move to the cloud. In the meantime, please connect with us on LinkedIn and Twitter and visit capgemini.com to download the report. And to learn more about MicroFocus, please visit microfocus.com. This podcast has been brought to you by Capgemini Financial Services. Thanks for listening.